Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Xbox Era podcast. As per usual, I'm joined by the wonderful Special Ed and the G'day. philosophical today, Kyra Nort. How are you doing, guys? Philosophical, huh? Yeah, you came out. Only today? Topics. Very good. <laughs> Only, Only today, today, yeah. It's a it's a podcast thing, you know. Every yeah. other day of the week, you you, you know you, you're not philosophical, but today sure. You're very Let's deep. go with that. Let's go. Let's with go that. with that. Oh man, it's been a it's been a crazy week for me. I'm not sure about you guys, but um, you know, anything exciting happening in your lives in the last week or so worth talking about? Um, I don't know if exciting is the right word, but I've been on uh, holidays for a couple of weeks, so just been trying to get some gaming in and in between doing stuff with the kids that's about it that's good sounds good to me i uh i've had an absolutely crazy work week so i've barely been uh plugged into to reset or video games in general um i finished gears 5 which is nice so that's done i'm trying to decide what i want to play next um but i haven't got anything that's like really making me want to sort of jump in and, and play through it we did start tackling horde mode in gears 5 which a there's something like eight difficulty levels which <laughs> is a little bit daunting so you've got like yeah eh, and then every everything just like adds like 1.5 health to the enemy and then oh they're more accurate yeah, and right. they're more yeah, damaging yeah, yeah. and and it and it, it gets silly but we i managed to make it like we were playing on I don't know, experienced, I think. And we got to round 35 before we just... There were two wardens. Sheer panic broke out. Everyone started screaming and then we were all dead. And we were like, wow, that happened. But wow. I do love yeah. the um, the addition of perks that you can kind of upgrade through the match to your character to make them do more stuff. But I have to, have to complain about how convoluted the me- menu is. Like... I was like, I don't want to play as Kate. I was playing as Kate. And I just couldn't find anywhere in the menu that made sense to change my character into a different one. Which sounds crazy okay. to me, right? How do I change my character? Yeah, you think that would be a fairly obvious solution in there somewhere, but it's just oblivious to me. I, just I think it's in the I think it's it. in the customization settings in like the actual options menu yeah which so, is honestly like an entirely like pointless place to put that they should be it just in the game mode but yeah i I've, i figured that afterwards and I press the button and i go to customize and i pick another character and it has like a horde setup thing but then it defaults to kate and then when you're in the horde sort of lobby i'm like well, i don't want to play as kate but there's no option there's no like a right bumper left bumper to switch characters yeah and it, it's totally fine to look like complain okay. about that because it should be fucking in. obvious the complaint is in but i'm very angry about everything very angry you can what, tell what look what at his face you guys been playing destiny uh, 2 shadow keep yeah i mean i'm probably the only one playing it because you two are old men so do you know i actually yeah i don't do destiny i said i said today because uh obviously it's free to play now on pc and stuff not the shadow keep expansion but destiny 2 the base game is now base fr- game free to play mm-hmm. right and I was saying, I said to yeah. some friends today, and I was like, oh, you know, I might give that a go for the co-op, you know, just to play through the story. And immediately was hit with a deluge of lol, no story in Destiny, etc., etc. I was like, but whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought Destiny 2 had a narrative with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, it does. Yes, it does. It does. Right? I, I mean, I'm not mm. advocating for whether it's a good or bad narrative, but I understand that there is a f- 
fairly let's just say solid you know abc there's an okay story yeah okay there's an okay story uh chapter one i'm gonna call year one chapter one and year two and it's gonna just be all chapters okay so chapter equals year chapter one was the launch of destiny 2 and that story is honestly like pretty stock standard there's nothing really like special about it i mean it's not bad but it's not really good either it's just kind of meh chapter two (laughs) forsaken was uh holy shit was one of the best expansions in destiny history and introduced a lot a lot of story elements a lot of lore elements uh its campaign was a hell of a lot better than base games um so far shadow keep chapter three is uh it's okay it's about on par with uh let's hope someone someone who's listening in knows what i'm talking about destiny one rise of iron is it's basically like that Okay. And I can tell that it was probably because of the fact that the Activision uh, buy like Bungie buying themselves out of that deal with Activision, thank fucking God, uh, happened really late in uh, in the expansion's development. So they had to kind of scramble to fix things in the coming months. Uh, so and try and fit it as much as they could. And obviously the story lacked a little bit. Like it's cool. Some of the elements are really, really cool. I think it was perfect for the game, the expansion to launch, uh, when it did, as in like October, because a lot of the themes and stuff is like very very creepy. Very uh Halloween esque, mm. I would have to say. I, I but, did I did see a, a video on Eurogamer with and I don't want to spoil it actually, so I won't say it for anyone that's not played through Shadowkeep yet. With a thing, apparently it means something. Yeah. It's a ship of some kind. I, I, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything. But play it. Apparently it was a play huge it moment. In- I, was just, I watched the video because I don't care. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a huge moment if you understand invested. like the story of Destiny and the way the way the world's unfolding and how the events are progressing. Are you enjoying but, it though? Uh, uh yeah i mean there's fun- something to finally fucking do over the since like the end of the the end of the last uh des- the last season which uh i basically got everything done in three weeks and then i had nothing to do i think like two months one of the mm. biggest challenges for games that add content regularly in that gamers by their very nature release days whatever Whoa, play through it all in as quick a time as possible and it's done and then you're like oh I've got nothing to do <laughs> and it's especially it's especially true of like you're right of these kinds of games of MMOs and stuff like that where you just burst through the content but it's like it's good and bad bursting through the content is a, a, a definitely not the intended design but it's what's going to happen anyway because if you if people love the game enough they're going to fucking do it so you can't really stop them you know, yeah, uh, so uh, it's just um, at some point, like my quest, my quest log in Destiny Two is like twenty quests deep, and I'm never gonna finish <laughs> it all because I don't care about completing the quests. Right? I care about just like finding something to do, and if I can say, okay, I'm just gonna finish this quest, then whatever. Yeah. So 
Well, I'm glad. I'm glad it's. Uh, you know, I hope. I hope people. You know, enjoy it again. I'm. I'm. I'm all for that bungee magic as a shooter, and I always thought Destiny played well. I just. I don't know. It just felt hugely wanky. I don't know if I'm allowed to use that word to describe something wanky. Just like up its own ass. <laughs> <laughs> but then Bungie started talking like that anyway, in my opinion. Like, oh, we're going to take over the world and all of that stuff. And, you know, I bought into that shit and was like, yeah, when back in the Halo 2, Halo 3 days. But then when it started to continue, I was just like, yeah. Well, know. okay. And this is actually, this is like, has been said multiple times of uh, early Destiny development, um, especially with Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 and stuff like that. Like the early days, at least, where uh, upper management continuously made weird backwards decisions that didn't make sense to even like Bungie's own live team the guys who basically handle all the content for the game as it's live right uh and uh the live team essentially saved destiny one yeah i think like i think the main team while the main team was focused on destiny two the live team was just hammering out content for destiny one post uh post expansion launch post uh post uh base game launch into into Taken King and then into Rise of Iron. Yeah. And all the while the main dev team was working on Destiny 2 and you can tell that they basically learned nothing from the uh the live team <laughs> because the live team made a bunch of really good changes that players were asking for and, and Destiny 2 launched with none of them. Repeated, yeah. Destiny 2 launched with none of them. That must be uh, frustrating for a So <laughs> for a player it was frustrating, for the live team I bet it was frustrating as hell. Mm. Seeing like all the hard work you put into appeasing the people playing the goddamn game just goes to waste because someone in upper management thinks that just because they made Halo at one point that they're hot shit and can get away with anything. And it's like been documented. I, I think it's been. I don't to. know. <laughs> I don't have the. I don't have the the document like the documentate the evidence with me, right? But this is what I've heard over many years of just observing like the development of Destiny and how it went on behind the scenes is like a lot of the upper management at Bungie just thinks that just because they made halo they can get away with whatever they want Mm. even though it's been patently proven not true multiple times so uh it's uh it's given us a good segue though so um obviously bungie used to work with activision and speaking of activision i know that when we last chatted on uh, episode six both of you were resoundingly impressed uh, and thoroughly enjoyed the Call of Duty Modern Warfare beta, beta, whatever you, yep. however you yeah. pronounce it. Um, and then it came to light, um, and obviously there's been a bit of uproar about this on Reddit and other gaming communities, that the PlayStation 4 version of the game has an exclusive survival spec ops mode. Not exclusive for a week or a month, but for an entire it's exclusive for a whole fucking year. year. Right yeah. now, I get, and you know, you hear it. Back in the 360 gen, Microsoft did did stuff like this, but it was never for a fucking year. Yeah. It's and I mean, and this is a repeat of the Destiny scenario, right? And it's just why I'm intrinsically mm. linking the two is that there were exclusive strikes, I believe, and weapons that were kept exclusive to PlayStation 4 basically until the the next game came out. And then by that point, everything else was so much more powerful that the weapons that were exclusive and the strike was just worthless to most people. Yeah. Um, But this is an entire game mode. uh, And 
you know, I think it's I think it's a mode within, within a, mode. a mode. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's the survival portion of Spec Ops. Yeah, so I, and I saw yeah. the dev comment. You know, hey, you know, you're getting ninety nine percent of the game, but I don't know why it just. And I don't care. It's probably a mode I'd never fucking play, right? If I get COD, which there better not be fucking achievements attached to it. Well, this is what I find odd is a there there can't be right because then that's locking out player bases. And this isn't just an Xbox PC thing, by the way. This is PlayStation Four exclusive. No PC gets it. Xbox doesn't get it until October of 2020. Um, yeah, and by, which by that point, point the, the next, next Call of Duty is there. Will be launched. Yeah. Yeah, so and it, it's just ridiculous. It strikes me as no. really odd, and I, I just don't understand a why a, any gamer in in nowadays in 2019, regardless of which team you're on, um, like stands for this shit. That business practice, and 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 it's interesting, you know, my wider group of friends who are not all super hardcore in their approach very much read that and was just like now nah, fuck you you're still charging me the same amount of money for for, yeah, for right. less content i mean it doesn't matter how much less it's not a pre-order but you are locking deliberately locking a player out at the behest of the platform holder for and i feel like the fact that this cod is cross-play makes it even worse yeah yeah it just feels because now you're wrong. now you're limiting an entire mode to one platform so it's lower. It's player base is going to be lower than the combined total. It's like mm. you're just hamstringing like PlayStation's end too. Because now, what happens if people just suddenly decide I don't like playing survival anymore? Well, now mm. PlayStation's just going to be stuck, fucking stuck with only PS4 people, and they mm. can't fill the lobby with Xbox or PC people who also want to hop on. You know? Yep. Yeah, it's so just, yeah, I don't like it. And it's, I don't like and it. It's. <laughs> and I know why they did it. I know, it's not. It's not just because it's the exclusive, ex, the exclusivity deal, right? It's because now that all the maps are free, there's nothing to give Sony exclusive exclusivity over, except yeah. a mode. Because I mean, what else are they gonna fucking give? Like I mean, gun skins, skins, skins yeah. right? Skins. But Sony wants something of actual value, which is why the maps. The map packs came a month early to PlayStation mm. because that actual value, quote unquote, like gave people incentive, yeah, to to pick up a PlayStation and play Call of Duty there. I don't know. Uh, it's just mm. it's just boo boo to this boo. It sucked when Microsoft did it. It, it sucks, sucks now. now. <laughs> yeah, fundamentally, like, there's, there's no excuse for this shit. Exclusive content for one platform, especially time gated exclusive content. For that fucking long, no. Yeah, it's it, it's just you it can feels shove your shit really somewhere really, else. I think you know. I have a. I'm still gonna buy the game. I pre-ordered it on PC, and it, my my money's already spent. But uh, yes. I still think it's bullshit. See, I haven't I haven't mm. pre-ordered it, and uh, obviously you know I account have. sharing being what it is on Xbox, I may hold out some hope that my account sharing buddy may end up grabbing it. Um, but I'm not. I'm not like chomping at the bit. I mean, I really like the look of it. But again, I haven't played it. You know, if all my pals end up picking it up, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll grab it and and play it. You know, it's, I've got I've got the uh, the spare income to 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 do that. It's just yeah. it really bugs me supporting Activision in any way, shape, or form. I just 
it just makes me not want to do it out of principle well, I mean, alone. The option, if you want to play Modern Warfare, the option is either to put up with it or not buy it. Saying There's that, not really any between. I do know that um, there is a bunch of uh, deals at the moment where you get the PC copy with some PC components and graphics cards and things like that. Yeah, and I've, I'm planning on spending a good couple of grand on a on an upgrade for my rig. Um, so maybe I'll get a copy for free. Who knows? That would, even though it would be impossible to organize, one way to both vote with your wallet and still buy the game is to somehow get everyone to buy it on PC and Xbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be the hilarious way. So the, the lobby, get get the lobby in PlayStation is like four guys. Like, oh, I just want to play this. <laughs> I somehow don't that'll think that happen with but... uh, PlayStation's user base. Um, no, that'll never happen. Yeah, probably not. And, and again, a nice segue, a nice segue, and I know this isn't on our list of stuff to talk about, but it popped into my brain, and I can't believe we forgot to put it on the list. Uh, and that is PlayStation Now. I feel we should talk about this. So PlayStation like, uh, Now, PlayStation huh? Australia. Oh, you're not allowed to talk about PlayStation Now as you're in Australia? Yeah, because Sony's like... It's exclusive to countries the, now, Fuck bitch. the world. Don't worry about the fact that there's other countries in the world. Remember the, how everyone was shitting on Xbox for the tier, tier two, two tier countries? Three. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think yeah. that just speaks uh, volumes to their current deployment in data centers and where the, where they are deployed yeah. more than anything else. Um, yeah, it's probably. still bullshit. Because, uh, because you're, whilst that you're, deal with Microsoft and Azure is, is out, uh, I don't think it's perhaps in effect yet. In terms of like, their next-gen rollout for, for X Cloud yeah. will be launching in more locations than PS Now still can't even reach, despite yeah. six years later being six years later. You yeah. know, almost it, six years later. It's been a long fucking yeah. time since the launch of this generation. Yeah, holy shit. I mean, and the thing is, I'd happily subscribe to it too. Yeah, I mean, for ten a month, but, yeah. I'd happily subscribe to it, but I like, wasn't going to subscribe to it for twenty fucking Australian bucks. I can say that much. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely interesting. I think, you know, it's cool that it's weird, right? So everyone's talks massively about how Game Pass is destroying the industry, <laughs> killed killed your dog, ate your homework, whatever. Um, and, and now we've got PlayStation Now, which has existed for far longer than Game Pass has. All right, for those that didn't know, yeah. uh, has almost triple the games available on it, spanning PlayStation 1, mm. 2, 3, and 4. No, no, no. I, I know no. that they added... 3, 4, and the PS2 on PS4 games. Ah. So not not native PS1, PS2 stuff. Only the stuff that made it nope. across from some sort of backwards compatible transition-y type. Yeah, it's those F- semi-remasters effort. that they do, the PS2 on PS4 ones. It's interesting, though, that that PlayStation Now has existed for far longer and yet has been denounced as terrible like for the entire time I don't think I'm being out of order saying that I think that that has been the general it just doesn't have that that push behind it and obviously then they released the the admittedly quite clever advert of everything dropping from the clouds and uh, surprise probably make it into a top 5 list of yours at some point Ed for clever PlayStation adverts because it was quite good Um, and, and they've added is it is it PlayStation Four games, but only for a limited time? So stuff like God of War. Yeah. So yeah, like God of War for three months and shit like that. Yeah. So it's interesting. Although you could you could 
easily beat God of War in three months. But yeah, it, what's weird is I, I, as a as a non PlayStation owner, um, I, <laughs> um, I have to I have to admit I was a bit surprised at how terrible the software is on the PC. So I downloaded it and I encountered a thousand different errors just trying to get the game launching. But admittedly, this had just been announced, so I presume that they were seeing some traffic. But it does make mm. me raise my eyebrows a little bit at what that's going to be like for a bigger launch, shall we say, for a next-generation yeah, yeah. console. Um, but the software was so antiquated, and, and, and it just... And it's 720p only. And Really? Yeah, max for streaming, and that was it. Um, so it's, wow. it's a bit odd. Okay. In case anyone watching on on video by by now is wondering where Cairo went, someone was at his door. So you know, as you watched him walk away, just be glad he had pants on. Uh, <laughs> well, the only the only streaming service that PlayStation has that I can speak to is Remote Play. So since iOS 13 came out, I thought I'd give it a go, and I synced up my DualShock 4 with my iPad and started playing Spider-Man a bit, and it was actually really good. Um, yeah, I saw a couple of videos. On no latency problems, nothing really too ba- too major. Very, very minimal. Like more. I was actually, I was at a friend's house yesterday. Jumped on my phone, connected to my PS4 because he's got pretty good Wi-Fi, and started playing Street Fighter Five on my phone with touch controls. And yeah, I was pulling off moves, and yeah, I was surprised. I wouldn't try and play anyone online like that. But just mm. for like to play arcade mode or training, and that was Street Fighter. That was yeah, that was quite good. That's um, good. And so we've... I'd I'd hope that when Microsoft finally gets around to releasing their equivalent of remote play, which is Xbox yeah. Home Console Streaming or whatever it's called, yeah, I would expect that it's at least as good as PS4's remote play, which does support 1080 60. Interesting. I am looking forward to. It. I mean, uh, we know that the, the the beta test is open as per the September episode of Inside Xbox. It's out. If there you're now. a poor person with Android, yeah. Uh, whoa. Let's not get into an Android versus the inferior <laughs> platform iOS. We're going here, guys. The inferior platform, huh? Yeah, I yeah, can see. Yeah, I can yeah, see yeah. Uh, you know, how sure. uninformed you are. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I. I I get I get full openness and the ability to do what I like with my platform. Enjoy your walled garden, bitches. Um, <laughs> this is a different podcast now. <laughs> I didn't realise who I was yeah, working sure. with. Um, but hey, sure. if there's any device that can get me into Android, the Surface Duo might be it. Yeah, and no, that's a that's a great point. I mean, Microsoft did their Surface event this week. Uh, I a couple of things. One, I really hope that they let Panos Panay. Announce yeah, and reveal, reveal the, the Scarlet Scarlet mm. console because that guy could sell me air that I am currently breathing for yeah. free. He, I don't know, what, I don't know what it is, and some people have described it as cringy, but good God, the man is passionate about what he's building, mm. and it's just, it's. I just love the fact that he wasn't infectious. even looking at a prompter for most of it. I, he just, he just wings it. That's amazing. Yeah, and the the way that they revealed the the Neo and the Duo, I mean, we all heard that they were coming, and we saw some little clips there where. With the with the device, they could kind of flip it, and they had one screen being the touch controls, and the other screen being your game. Yeah, this is an exciting era of technology that we're living in. Um, yeah, it's and good. and I still think the dual screen concept is kind of 
unnecessary. I, at least I, for a phone. I liked their approach though, because we saw the Galaxy Fold, and then they tried to release it, and all of them broke, and it was really bad, and they kind of pulled it I back. Don't know. But um, I don't know if you've. I, I dual screen at work and have been for like the better part of a decade, and I can't go back to a single screen I at work. It's impossible. I, I just agree. get a bigger screen. I hate having two screens I, taking up room no, on my desk. It, it doesn't work in the same way. Two screens from from a pure yeah. productivity standpoint is um, yeah, way it's better. a game changer. I mean, I had three in my current PC setup, and now I admittedly have mm. swapped them out. I've now got a thirty-two by nine ultra wide monitor, which is effectively that's all you need. But it's effectively two 27-inch monitors side by side. Mm. Yeah, like get an ultra-wide monitor. Have one monitor. I don't understand Not having more than one. Not afford to, 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 to buy... I was about to say, it's, it's cheaper to buy two monitors than it is, it is to buy it one ultra-wide. True, um, but I mean, it depends. Because I have a 32-inch 1440p monitor with plenty of screen real estate, and I never feel like I need a second monitor. Uh, so, I love two monitors. It's so good. I mean, I guess it just depends on the person. I don't really see a point into having two screens. It's still dumb to me. Uh, I'd rather just have improved multitasking on larger displays, larger touch displays, because iPad OS has now spoiled me on having all these apps it able to be switched between like almost instantaneously in all these different ways and having like a bunch of shit side by side overlay. Yeah, sure. Android <laughs> tablets fucking suck. I, I don't so. have an Android tablet. I have a fully capable Android phone. Um, but it's interesting that the Surface Duo, which is the f- phone, which apparently yeah. Panos desperately tried not to use the word phone. And, yeah, and there are a couple of things that bug me with the design, like that you have to open it to see who the fuck's calling you. There's some stuff there. that need, There's mm. no camera on the back at the moment. In my opinion, if they're going to make that and have that book, it needs a mini screen on the front to show your notifications, uh, who's calling you, whatever. Well, because the, the current, I hear, I hear the heard the current debate was about the camera thing was like if it even makes sense to have an external camera on the back because you can just flip the entire screen around three hundred sixty degrees and just use the front facing camera. Yeah, you yeah, fold yeah. it, fold it the other way because so. it's got a three sixty hinge. Have one side. Yeah, exactly. They want that camera to be really good. Then, if that's the case, yeah. Well, then a lot of phones nowadays have like twelve megapixel fa- uh, freaking like FaceTime cameras. I'm gonna call them FaceTime yeah, yeah. cameras because it's better than front facing camera. Uh, yeah, yeah. More easily recognizable. But what, what's FaceTime? Yeah, they have like Sorry. amazing. They have amazing like picture quality for having apertures that are essentially like like shittier versions of the one on the back. Yeah, but, I, I mean, my my phone's got a really cool. Um, widescreen mode and it's got a live focus mode i mean I, I i and primarily one of the big things for me is is photos i take a lot of photos of my kids and stuff so whilst i'm certainly interested as a as an ex windows phone guy back in the lumia days um yeah let's, let's not go into it all right let's not go into that moment in life i, I remember about the whole app situation i remember uh, i think you nick making fun of an article by the verge saying the app situation on the duo will be a questionable at best because you're like it's running android it's got everything it's running android it's but like it has everything if you android read has. the article if you read the article he was talking specifically about tablet experiences and android has shitty tablet apps like no, really no, no. shitty tablet he was apps. Talking, he was talking about dual screen apps. Yeah, and not that's only when dual I then screen. Said, that's still irrelevant because the two screens act independently of each other, so they don't need to be dual screen apps. Yeah. So 
you can have your Skype call on the left side and your Excel sheet on the right side, and they act completely independently of each other. They don't. Yeah, need I get that part, but he apps. did also mention and had a big section about tablet apps, and in that regard, he is right because mm. Android has basically zero tablet apps worth mentioning. Yeah. Zero. My my wife mm. and my kids use an Android. That's more tablet. a problem for Neo than Duo. But yeah, I'd say it's definitely more a problem for the larger. Oh yeah, the Neo definitely because Windows is even worse than Android for tablet apps. <laughs> yeah, Windows some fucking how. apps are pretty, pretty. Like I get, I get the whole point of the Surface, and I really, I really like and appreciate what Microsoft does to make the Surface line as compelling as it is. But I will always buy an iPad if I want a tablet, because an iPad is just flat out a better tablet mm. in all cases. Well, that's that's again market share and. Uh, and that yeah. dictates what you go to because that's what well, most developers it's not, are. It's not even market share. Like Apple has the lowest. Apple has the smallest piece of the pie in the mobile market, right? Of the two of of the big of the of big the competitors market, yeah. of the on the mobile market, mm. yeah. And the iPad is still a mobile OS. So iOS and Android is 30 percent Android, thirty percent iOS, seventy percent Android worldwide, right? But Apple still sees a lot of app exclusives and a lot more high quality apps than Android does. Because all those Apple customers are trying to just because Apple customers it, are willing to pay money. F- fucking pay for it. You know, bah. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So <laughs> speaking of devices and getting this train back on track. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry everyone for the, uh, both, the tirade both there. Clara and I have a couple of new devices that we've acquired. I think recently. Can I talk about my Go ahead device? and start with yours. I've got a new chair. I got very <laughs> got excited <laughs> during my holidays and finally got my Mega Drive Mini. The Sega Damn. fanboy returns. This How many fall. Aussie dollars yeah. was that? <laughs> yeah, uh, that ended up costing me because luckily I have a family member that works at uh, JB Hi-Fi. So I got that for about 100 bucks Australian. That's not bad. Um... And it was interesting to see when I pulled it out. That's the Mega Drive Mini there. And that's my Raspberry Pi case. So I thought, made me realize that the Raspberry Pi case is pretty good. Well, for the people who are on audio, uh, the cases are essentially the same friggin' size. So for both the Raspberry Pi and the Master system. So the Mega Drive, uh, I mean, not Master system. Yeah. So. Well, I haven't, like I said, I, because I've got the Raspberry Pi, I haven't bothered to use it, but I wanted it anyway. <laughs> I needed it. I needed it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm I just g- hoping now that we get the Dreamcast Mini. I, I Does really it have wireless controllers or is it like short ass? They're wired. Like it's, it's three not, foot- not only is it wired controllers, it's the three button controller and not the six, which is a bit of a shame. Okay, but how long are the cords? Because the Nintendo, the SNES and NES Minis were like notorious for having like three foot long cords for some fucking reason pretty long pretty okay. long that's that's um that's about pretty six good. feet looks yeah. about six feet that looks pretty long so i love all this all these companies profiting off our nostalgia it's too bad I'm microsoft okay will it. never make an xbox original mini nah they wouldn't yeah, sort the licensing licensing out and i don't think for xbox for microsoft it just doesn't make sense because of their backwards compatibility program that's right they've got the yeah. majority yeah. of the heavy hitters available on a device that the majority are going to yeah, go but for. then so has nintendo many times over and still made the NES. yeah yeah that's true 
So honestly, like I honest, I don't really care about a mini. I just want OG Xbox Live to be turned on. I I, I miss OG Xbox Live. Get my old uh, voice. I really I really just out. want Halo on Scarlet Halo Two backwards compatibility, like the OG Halo Two. Turn on OG Xbox Live, and let me play. I got into my the thing is I, I don't know how possible this is because they're never going to turn it on, obviously. But obviously. could they not? Could they not organize something or buy them out like XKai or XB Connect, rebrand it, and have it the, there for the thing with that, OG games? And like build it into Xbox I Live? I don't think it will happen because the thing with that is it wasn't utilizing Xbox Live. It was tricking uh, your Yeah, it was Xbox creating a virtual a private network. Link. It was, no, that's right. Yeah. But it still worked it was, and still works to this day. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the network being what it is, but... I just, you know, they, they, there's a difference between hooking up, pretend hooking up some some Xboxes and creating a, a virtual LAN as opposed to running servers that can host matchmaking. And, yeah. you know, that that's purely a custom solution, you know, for, for the real diehards that want to play it as it was. Better than nothing. <laughs> well, yeah. But, I mean, I got, I got into the Reach um, Xbox uh, sort of flight. Um, I haven't had a chance to play it because one of their playtests was at one a.m. and frankly, I like. Oh, I was about to. I was about to ask you if you were getting if you played it on PC I, or Xbox. I, I really wanted to get into the PC version because the great thing about Master Chief Collection on PC that I've seen is that it supports thirty-two by nine. In any game that supports thirty-two by nine, it just looks and feels so good to play, especially at high frame mm. rates. It's just it's just glorious to, to enjoy. So I, I will definitely be picking it up on um, on PC when it when it launches, but I have to just wait until it does. Um, we'll see. Yep. We'll see. Um, so I, I you've got to make going. They've been going for a long time. Yes, yeah, it's, it's. I think they're just working out and getting it 100% right. And from what I've read is that. The, the lessons that are, they've learned in porting Reach across has led them to be able to take a, a number of shortcuts when it comes to porting the rest of the games. Because obviously on on PC they're releasing at like ten bucks a pop as they get them done and, and uploaded to the system. So be interesting to see how it all plays out. But uh, I do Speaking know. Speaking of developing games for a long time, yeah. Yeah, no idea. <laughs> Speaking of developing <laughs> games for a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good segue. Well, I know. Well, before we dive into that one, because I know what you're talking about, um, I know you showed off the Mega Drive Mini, but you're not the only one that got a, a new toy recently. Oh, yeah. So, I know Kyle uh, got so, a new toy. So, for the past, over the past week, I got myself the Oculus Quest right here. It's charging right now. You can see by that orange light. Yeah. Uh, now, but were you a VR naysayer before you picked this up? <laughs> oh, the things I the things I didn't say about VR and how badly it would turn out. Um, and have you taken that all back now? You've tried the first. I'm taking most of it back. Most I'm taking most of it back. back. It's interesting, uh, isn't it? <laughs> so the thing is, like, I used to, I used to, and I still have a little bit of this opinion where VR, as it was, and as it still mainly is, because the Oculus Quest is the only one of its class right now. Uh, the only one really of its class. Um, I don't think that the VR experience being tethered is in any way good for mass market adoption. And I always thought no. that as long as the as long as as long as those things remain tethered, VR will ultimately fail. Yep. Mm. 
Oh, that they will ultimately be a way not fail okay fail is too hard they will ultimately be niche. made uh, continue to be irrelevant mm. to the majority be a of people ceiling on its reach yeah yeah i completely so agree. so when the oculus uh quest i actually got introduced to the oculus quest this semester at university because i'm taking a chemistry class and they do a vr experience to like teach people like chem equations and how things fit together and what what whatnot and uh they use the oculus quest to teach it amazing and that was my first experience with the headset and the minute i realized i was putting on something that didn't need to be connected to anything that uh was completely standalone and worked 100 percent right every almost every time right i'm like i need i gotta get one of these (laughs) uh And honestly, like the te- without the tether, VR actually feels genuinely refreshing. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Like genuinely a new thing. Yeah, like something that could not something that will ever replace consoles because people who say people who like are that hopeful are like kidding themselves, um, or just trolls on on era. But you know, <laughs> there's a lot of those. Uh, so, but it's definitely its own thing. Yeah. I think it could ever I think if given the right push with the right technology and the right power because as as nice as this headset is, right? It's still running on a Snapdragon 835 from like 3 years ago. Yep. An overclock Snapdragon 835 to be fair, but an 835 nonetheless. Uh and everything on mobile right now is running 855s or the Apple A13 chip, right? So, much more powerful processors, much more powerful GPUs. But I mean, this thing fucking works on an old three-year-old chip, and it works near flawlessly, right? You, you kind of like it's amazing. This is a phone, effectively. That's what it is. Yeah, it's effectively a phone. And and I think the biggest thing for me, so I owned an Oculus Rift, um, the first consumer version. Um, I played a lot of Elite Dangerous with the full hands-on throttle and stick. Um, Absolutely phenomenal. And I used to have like an Arduino. head tracker so i used to velcro this cable on top of my headset when i played yeah so before i got vr that's how i did head look which was great but and it, it gave you that extra edge in a fight and stuff because you could look up and track a ship as you were in in in, in battle um but when you when you jump into vr it's the scale and the reach of everything just it, it completely changes it and and it it it, it honestly enhances everything. the game. Yeah, it's phenomenal. It enhances the game. And I like I bought Beat Saber on the Rift, right? And, and oh, Beat I Saber do too. is amazing. And then I, I played it, I, I saw the quest got announced and I was like instant purchase. And and I'm like, okay, Beat Saber. I'm pretty good at this. And it's without that cable, without constantly you know, one quarter checking of your brain, checking for checking it, yeah. Where it is, am mm. I turned around, am I dragging it over my feet? You're, just you're not worried it. about it anymore. And you're, you're just fucking playing free. the game now. And uh, it feels and it feels because like I tried super hot VR back on the uh, back on the HTC Vive a couple years ago. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, when it, around when it came out, um, and holy shit, the cable was fucking annoying. Yeah. Because mm. super hot VR is a game that demands that you turn around a lot. You're using the full space. Yeah. And having to be constantly reminded that there's a cable you could trip over. Or it could accidentally disconnect itself from your PC because you just you know you just kicked it the wrong way. Yeah. You're like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> I don't really care how good it looks. This fucking sucks. Yeah. 
right? Mm. But with super hot VR on the Quest, that's so good. Instantly, it's, so good. it's just it like you put it on, you get into the game, and everything just clicks for you. Yeah, and I like think, you don't have to worry. You don't. There's nothing in the back of your mind. You have to keep checking. There's just playing the fucking game, and, I, and that's how it should be. I'm really glad that I, I kind of bet on this. So so when the when the Quest came out, I because it's Android. Yeah, Android. Yeah, um, we we could immediately mod it. So there's a great app, by the way. Remind me to link you um, called SideQuest. So you can stick. Oh, I already have that. Oh, yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Excellent. So, so I've already fully modded mine. It's uh, you I can put add custom Beat Saber tracks and everything. Everything. Uh, um, but what's even better is I was like, okay, this is cool. Then someone released um, ALVR and and uh, and Riftcat, which are basically streaming full fat PC VR from Steam or Oculus to mm-hmm. the Quest. Now I tried this over a five gigahertz network. Uh, it works, but it's not great. Um, because latency perfect. when you're in virtual reality is very important. Uh, and I was like, mm, I sold my Rift, and I was like, I'm betting that they're going to come up with a way of doing this properly, be it someone mods it to the extent that it's actually flawless or that Oculus support it officially. And lo and behold, last week, my, my wishes were granted and my faith in, in, in humanity was restored when they announced not only finger tracking in vr for quest but oculus link. so no pads whatsoever it just can yeah duplicate your hands but oculus link which is a cable that will allow me to just plug it into my pc and now i get the best of both worlds um it's exciting times for vr you know and, and nick yeah you know as someone who loves like those kind of drop in drop out arcade kind of experiences from back in the day get a quest it is the nuts plus we could play some three-player shenanigans and and fuck about it sounds fun to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the social. Ex- I honestly didn't expect the social experiences on VR to be as good as people kept saying. But VR chat, big screen, uh, what is it? Rec room, paintball and rec room is fucking fun. It's just, it's just it's really fun. And, and because they, you know, the big premise is VR, the experiences yeah. don't have to be these huge, deep. 20 hour single player because no one wants to spend that long in vr they are short and sweet little moments 100 percent. when oculus link comes out cairo you have yeah. to play lone echo it is developed by ready at dawn oh i plan on getting a lot of fucking pc vr it's games amazing. once oculus link comes it's out absolutely like, amazing. so how much did you pay for your quest cairo so uh i paid 400 us for the 64 gigabyte oh, okay. model uh the one downside that there's a couple downsides to the hardware one is that uh I'm going to list three that I three complaints that I have about the the system itself. I don't like how front heavy it is. I think the band, the headband, needs more weight on the back so it doesn't feel like everything's resting against my face. All right. Uh, the Halo. I've tried the Halo for like PSVR and I hate it. Mm. I just want a more weighty band. One one tip on uh, that is um i've got a a uh an anchored power pack yeah and just stick a bit of velcro on the back back. but also that yeah that's what i've seen that that thing fits there's like a little nubbin and it's designed to pull right down below the sort of base of your skull so as long as you've got it right below the base of your skull um and it ends up being a little bit looser than you thought it should that usually for me sorts out the weight distribution because it pulls it right down behind your head i've been trying whatever i can i mean i've gotten used to it so it doesn't really bother me that much. But uh, no, the weight distribution on the band, Oculus 2 needs to fix that. That That's just fair game. I mean, it's whatever. Uh, number two is uh, I don't like that. What was my number two? 
shit. He said number uh, two. Let me, let me look at this thing. Oh, expandable storage. Mm. I want a micro SD card slot. Well, you say that, but at launch, you could download every single title available. Yeah, and it wouldn't it wouldn't fill up the space of a sixty four gigabyte headset. Didn't even come to halfway. But at the same time, at the same time. My Nintendo at least had the wisdom to include a micro SD card slot in a 32 gigabyte handheld. So I would like a micro SD card slot so I can get a 400 gigabyte micro SD. Android phones support. Yeah, exactly. I'd say get, I'd say Quest 2, whenever the hell that comes out, put a slot in it. Put a micro micro SD card slot in it so I can actually like put a 400 thing in, a 400 gigabyte card in there, and then I basically never run out of space. Quest is effectively Samsung Gear in an all-in-one piece of hardware. But it's not as limited as y- Samsung yeah, Gear. Yeah, because it's not The reason why Yeah. It's it's using it's using the same tracking system that they put in their PC VR headset of inside-out tracking where it's got a shit ton mm-hmm. of cameras on it. So it can actually track these two freaking controllers wherever yeah. they are in space, right? Uh, you only have three degrees of freedom with the Gear VR and the Oculus Go, where you can only look around, but you can't you can't interact with anything. You just got a button, right? Uh, okay. You just okay. you just got commands and stuff. Uh, but this is full six degrees of freedom. Yeah, it's like it's yeah, everything. Because really cool. I'm on um, Amazon Australia at the moment, and the Quest 64 gig is um, 630 Australian. And the 128 gig is 790 Australian. Damn. So for the extra for the extra 160 bucks, probably better off. Dude, honestly, um, and <clears throat> as someone with kids, they've got some really cool stuff on there. I try not to let my kid use it too much because you know there isn't You've really got a any screen. Yeah, this close to your eyes. But there's a there's a great little thing called, and it's free. It's called Epic Roller Coasters. And if you've never been in VR before, yeah. you put someone. That's in that. a ride. Like not a pun. That's not a pun that I just said. That I didn't mean to make that pun. But it is a ride. Like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it is a legit. it is a weird experience. Um, there are, there are so many unique things and, and moments that I've had playing VR that. Uh, I can't wait to see where they take the medium. And the Star Wars games are pretty cool. Um, yeah. You know, but the the big things for me are the killer apps. And Beat Saber is a game that, A, is a great excuse to just do some exercise. Apparently, uh, you know, 40 minutes in Beat Saber is something like the equivalent of a match of tennis. Um, yeah. Mm. And it's and it's just genuinely, there's no, there's no you know, achievements to hunt. There's no... You know, lengthy campaign. It's just about having an absolute blast. It's it's Guitar Hero meets dubstep, and it's just it's just yeah, great yeah. fun. Um, but uh, cool the the thing that the it. thing that uh, the the whole bigger point about all this is that, um, and you see this, you see a lot of it coming down the pipeline. Where uh, HTC just uh, just released their Vive Cosmos headset, which features inside out tracking. Uh, so. You don't need base stations yeah. and lighthouses everywhere. Great, great step in the right direction because having that complicated, lengthy setup is a fucking nightmare yeah. for people who just want to fucking play a goddamn game, you know? Uh, and good step in the right direction. But I think the quest has convinced me that any headset that comes out from here on is worthless, at least to me. If it can't stand on its own, yeah, 
And I think because I think Phil being Spencer linked. said something like that. He said VR for the living room. If it's got to have cables and a box and and stuff connected, then it's not so viable. Then it's not it's not ready. And I, you know, after playing the quest, I'm like, yeah, all right. You know, and I I kind of secretly because obviously Microsoft have a, a number of shares in Facebook. I think. Um, yeah. It'd be really interesting, and obviously back when the Oculus launched, it launched with an Xbox pad in the box. It'd be really interesting yeah. to see if their open approach nowadays to software and support and third-party services is going to yeah. extend to something like the Quest, where you know that Link Oculus Link, you just plug it into plug the that into your, your plug that into and, your Xbox, and, and then yep. boom, away you go. What a what a wonderful yeah. world that would be. I. Be interesting. It's funny. I I would expect, or I wonder if Sony will go wireless for PSVR two because Sony are already in the business of mobile hardware. Yeah. So yeah. they seem positioned well to make a decent wireless VR headset. The thing is, though, is like, and this is brought raised up several times within the actual like thread after the Oculus Connect six on era. A bunch of people. Someone asked. Someone posted a thread asking, uh, "Should PSVR two go the Oculus Quest route and be a standalone headset that it doesn't should. need a PS five to connect to it?" And I'm like, right. "Yeah, because that's going to be the future. Bar none, that's the future. You want people to adopt VR in droves? Either if you need a PS five, it has to be a fully wireless connection to the headset. Having to connect and set up PSVR is a fucking nightmare." And to maintain that, that shit. It gives Sony a third, and I say third platform because the PS4 is going to hang around for a while. Yeah. But it gives them a third platform to sell software on because there are going to be exactly. people that won't buy a PS4 or a PS5 but see the PSVR and go, well, like, fuck, maybe I'll buy that. They have the first They yeah. have the first party strength to be able to support a headset that's standalone that doesn't need to mm. be connected to a, a PS5. And imagine the selling point of like, hey... This uh, this headset connects wirelessly to your PS5, but you can also take it wherever the hell you want to go. Yeah, and it will play your games just fine without the PS5. Yeah, like yep. it, it maybe bam, maybe that like, will be their next PS Vita. You know, they won't go the handheld route; <laughs> they'll go opposite to Nintendo and and do a VR shindig. I mean, it makes more sense. Like the VR market is still ripe with potential. Mm, potential is definitely a good in a way, way that in a way that in a way that other like in a way that the traditional market really isn't mm. or the handheld market really isn't. Yeah. Like mm. VR has the has the potential to be a really big segment, but what's been holding it back is just the technology at the time at where we're yeah. living now is so limited that the only real option and expensive, <laughs> but the only real option right now for the mass market consumer to have a decent VR experience it, like even even bottom bottom of the barrel de- decent VR experience is one the Oculus Quest. Yeah. There's no like actual market for this beyond the Quest right now yep. because no one else is doing what Oculus is trying to do. And like I get you don't want to support Facebook or whatever, and you're just gonna you, like people will look at this and be like, I don't want to have to give money to Mark Zuckerberg and support this. But it's like there is no one else doing what Oculus is trying to do to get VR to where it needs to be. So that people mm. actually invest in the platform. Yeah, I just find it so, strange that Sony's not. They're like they own the VR space in consoles, and they make mobile phones, so they know mobile yeah. hardware, and they make PSVR, so they know VR. So I, it seems weird that they're not the front runner in this. Yeah, it's, it's, anyway. it's yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. And you know, 
2020 is going to be a hell of a year. I'm really looking forward to it. But you know, I'm, 2020 I'm, is going to be insane. I'm glad. I'm glad that you're enjoying the quest. It's nice to see another VR convert because a lot of people poo-poo it without having really tried it. And the minute yeah. they try it, they're like, "I was so wrong about everything to do with virtual reality." Oh my god! I'm and so it's sorry. it's 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 like it's the kind of experience like it's been a long time since I've actually like played on a system that makes me want other people to play on it with me. You know what I mean? Like on Xbox, everyone on my friends has an Xbox. I don't really get that feeling because everyone's fucking there, but I don't really have a lot of people who play switch with me. I don't really have a lot of people who play PS4 with me. Yeah. Right. You kind of become an evangelist and I'm fine with those for your sis- platform. Don't you? You're like, dude, you're going to get one. <laughs> yeah, basically <laughs> it, it makes you become, it makes you like say, this is probably some of the coolest thing you will ever, coolest things you'll ever experience, and you need to buy this headset to experience them. Yeah. Like, mm. I want to be able to play big screen and just fucking watch Netflix with my friends, wherever the fuck they are in VR, because I know that there are people I I've, I've personally met who do that with their headset. Like uh, synth in the Xbox Air Discord mm-hmm. does that with his family. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I, and it's just I've got to go to Atlanta next weekend for work and uh, sit, part of me sitting thinking oh, a nine hour flight uh, what do I want to take oh I could take the I could take the quest and be a fucking nerd <laughs> sitting there on a flight <laughs> fuck all of you I'm I'm going into my own little world hey like that's and that's the cool part about it is do. this a viable option in order to do that but you know I could definitely take it and, and you know Beat Saber in my hotel room and stuff because you know it's, it's going to be a bit yeah. of a weird business trip but um, out, outside of that, I'm also secretly hoping because obviously they've announced the the X Cloud uh, testing. I am X Cloud on Oculus. Hoping yeah, that they're like yeah, mm. and then I can connect to hotel Wi-Fi and really try, like, try this stuff out and see if it's imagine. Good. So you have you you've used the Netflix app on Oculus Quest, yeah. right? Where it like puts you on that virtual couch and you got that nice eighty inch screen in front of yep. you just to watch Netflix on. Yep. Imagine something like that, but it was all X Cloud. Yeah. And you're just sitting on a nice virtual couch, just chilling, pad. playing games on a giant ass screen in virtual reality. Be nice. Not even having, not even caring yeah. about the world or anything around you. Just playing games. Be, I'll, be, I'll be down you for know? that. I'll be up for this. This. I, I know. I know. I've heard some people use big screen to like hook up. They hook up like their Switch or their uh, old consoles to their PC through pass through or whatever through pass through mm. PCI cards, and they're able to just play split screen, uh, like split screen. Uh, Switch games or, yeah. or Wii games or GameCube games through VR on a giant, massive theater screen. It's really, that really and it's just an experience you can only have with a headset. Yep, so true. And there's just I don't know. It's just ma- it, I'm at the risk of sounding like uh, Tim Apple. Uh, it's <laughs> it's magic. It's magic. There's someone. Someone actually tossed the idea around of uh, Facebook should talk to Apple about licensing out the. Uh, the A series chips, which are the fastest mobile chips on the market, like bar none. Well, I don't know. We've got the like Microsoft even... SQ one now, haven't we? We'll yeah, we see, do. We'll see what that's going to be like with AMD. But uh, Microsoft partner partner with the Microsoft to get the SQ one on an Oculus Quest and on an mm. Oculus Quest two. Get that nice horsepower in there, you know. It's going to be and interesting. Just, but I, I just want to see an Oculus Quest with a powerful mobile chip, so it can actually like run. Yeah. like incredible titles yeah you know it's it's that's that's the one thing that i don't want in the next seat in the next one it's just I, more know, power the guy the the, the 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 race is on ed you know can you uh 
can you have an Oculus Quest by the time we next record a podcast? We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> we'll all be I'm sitting here like, so. hey, everyone. Not for that Anyway, much. <laughs> we sh- to move on. Um, uh, to, to move on. We were, we were talking about um, uh, lengthy development times. Um, but, uh, yeah, f- talking about betas and things like that. Flight Simulator um, released. Oh, uh, yeah. The, 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 the dumps, technology. the info dumps for that. This is God. The the power the game of the is cloud beautiful. realized, right? Yeah. yeah, this is nuts. So, so for those that don't know or haven't haven't paid attention, uh, Asobo, the developers of uh, A Plague Tale, which came out earlier this year, have actually been working with Microsoft uh, and 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 Flight Simulator for the last half a decade, um, and they've developed technology that utilizes the satellite three D imagery from Bing Maps. Yay, Bing has a purpose um, <laughs> to to create Besides their world. Money. And the results of it, um, there's a lot of B-roll footage out there on YouTube, etc. Uh, nothing short of astounding, right? I mean... It looks ridiculous. It looks bonkers. Volumetric clouds, you know... It just looks real. It, it just flat out it, looks Yeah, it real. looks it looks more real than real life at some point. I mean, I don't like, want to bring up VR again, but it brought back, oh, I'm in Google Earth VR and I'm flying yeah, across like, the world. this is a great segue from VR <laughs> into Flight Simulator. <laughs> it, it really gave me these strong... Because that is an experience, and it's nowhere near yeah. the fidelity of, of what Flight Simulator is looking like. I mean, I don't care about learning to fly a plane, but from a pure visual showcase standpoint i can't wait to just try it and see what it looks like but because the thing it is, looks amazing i mean put it, putting aside the the graphics for a second some of the stuff i was reading about like the way they're incorporating azure and the weather satellites and all that sort of stuff and you know they said that if there's a hurricane somewhere in the world that will almost immediately then manifest in the game so yeah. you could fly into the hurricane live <laughs> that's a bit scary while it's happening it's like phenomenal. just some crazy stuff that they're doing with it yeah i mean and obviously five-year relationship with asobo um whilst they have signed some deals with focus home interactive um there's 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 been since that those articles came out about flight sim there's been a lot of oh well i guess microsoft's uh, gonna buy asobo uh, yeah, no, uh, that's not happening. Probably uh, not. I, um, there are what two hundred plus size studio now, and they're pretty fucking expensive. I would certainly so. say that if they've got them locked into an exclusive development agreement, there will be no real drive to yeah. purchase them. Uh, the only real reason I could see Microsoft doing that is if someone else made a move to, and then they would utilize their existing relationship to to bid for it rather than lose the developer. That's the only real way I could see that happening. You've got to bear in mind with all these Microsoft acquisitions, and they've been very, very clear in how they've messaged it, they're not out to purchase the last, you know, AAA independent developers out there. They are looking for unique creative voices running small, to add in game quick pass. teams to diversify Game Pass. Yeah, 100%. And that's not to say that, you know, if something doesn't make sense, they won't go for it. And they've left that open. But I don't yeah. see a, an acquisition of a Sobo coming anytime soon. Whether we're going to see some acquisitions for XO19, I would say, yeah. I just have no uh, idea what they're going to be. 
I don't think so. You don't think so? I think I think they're I think for now and for the next couple of years, I think they're done. Mm, I don't think they can afford to be done yet. But I think they've unfortunately there's rumors that they're not done, but I'm I think for the time being they probably are. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that they may have set themselves a bit of a, a bit of a trap here by starting to get into the habit of announcing acquisitions on stage. They've set an expectation, mm. you know, for all the really, really diehard Xbox fans whooping and hollering for you know corporations purchasing smaller companies. Are you saying you're not a diehard Xbox fan, John? <laughs> I, I, Are you saying no, you're only here for any, the clicks? Anyone that knows me, mate, we don't run any advertising. There ain't no clicks going on. <laughs> uh, anyone that anyone that knows me knows that I'm a diehard Xbox fan, but mostly because of the in all honesty, mostly because of the friendships that that gaming youth has driven and it's enabled me to have some absolutely fantastic friends across the world that you know are are brilliant people purely met through a gaming platform and there's you know and i'm sure a lot of people can say that about xbox and that's probably why it's got such a a a fond place in my heart um and a loyal following somewhat loyal following yeah um but yeah it's i still think it's an interesting one go on i still think they need to get over the obsession with announcing everything it shows yeah i would like to see some more of these kind of you know and and we've said this before let's let's inside xbox nothing against the team nothing against anyone that works on it i just don't feel that the 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 format in and of itself is particularly conducive to what they want all right you've got two two or three types of consumer right you've got the ultra hardcore who just want to know about games all they care about then you've got the ultra hardcore that for some reason are leaning towards that fanboy territory and they're the ones that are like yeah i love inside xbox it's great i want to hear about the latest color controller and stuff like that and then you've got your kind of like your your audience that just you know maybe they're there maybe they're not i just can't help but feel that they should have pre-recorded get their segments in really tight get everything done 30 minutes or less done still have presenters still have the people doing what they do it just doesn't need to be this live infomercial americanized thing it's just my opinion it is an american show it is very american from an american company um for a global audience but for a global audience and i think that's the it just feels like the fake jokes and the scripted moments it's just the thing is i i think you know know your audience is is honestly what i'm saying and i'm not saying this applies to everyone and i'm certainly not criticizing the professionals that put their time into because it's a very slick presentation i just think it's overly drawn out and it and it feels not genuine in its approach but it's not just that like they just make bizarre choices like they had they had it inside xbox and then a day later they announced the games with gold it's like, why wouldn't you have announced those on Inside Xbox? Yeah. Like, just silly little things like that. I just, I don't know. Bring and it then, all into one like I said, thing a month. Yeah, like, get over the obsession with waiting for E3 or Gamescom. There's no reason you can't just announce an acquisition on a Wednesday. Yeah. 
and just say, "Hey, guess what? <laughs> I mean, we got yeah, but guys. then you lose you lose what little showmanship that uh, Xbox <laughs> fucking has. <laughs> well, and we've at, gone over this at, before. Look at is PlayStation? They were the like, entire we point. purchased Insomniac. Have a nice day. Everyone's like, <laughs> <laughs> but even even That's the other it. publishers, like whether it's Deep's the Five Hundred Five or THQ or whatever it is, they just say, "Hey." We acquired these guys. Hey, we acquired these guys. Just it doesn't have to wait for E3 and Gamescom. Like I don't know. It's a. Uh, I mean, what else does Xbox have to fucking announce on the goddamn stage at this at this point in time? I don't know. I think there's a lot of stuff in the pipeline, obviously, but none of it they're willing to show us well, beyond the, the acquisitions. Beyond the other stuff, and it's like, like I get why they don't want to show us anything, but it's been fucking forever. Yeah, and people are dying people for are news. Dying, but we got to bear in mind, right? For me, as a as a as a dad and as a guy that's working a lot lately, if time seems to be flying by. Like, you know, I can't believe that it's October already. You know, we've got we've got. S- six to seven months until e3 is kind of here again or, or you know the rumor mill starting console announces and reveals usually happen at the beginning of the year sort of what was it was it february march for the xbox february. one we're not far out here what would blow my mind is xo19 they go yeah here's scarlet here's what it looks like it's out in march have a nice day i'll be like but it's not happening it's not happening there's no, no. rumors for that but it would certainly raise some eyebrows if they were to I mean, I'd fucking hate it if it launched in March because I plan on pre-ordering it and picking it up at launch, and I'm not going to have money for it in March. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, Microsoft, yeah. don't fuck me like this. It's interesting. Well, yeah. I don't know. I after after seeing the um, the Surface event, I have renewed uh, hope for what Scarlet might be. Yeah, with Panos at the helm. Well, it's just the, some of the some of the nuggets they've dropped. You know, variable refresh rates, 120 FPS. If 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 the genuine leap in CPU, which is 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 people are saying that it's a a genuine leap over what we had back in 2013 and what we have now, which is a mm. notebook Jaguar CPU. If it's that big of a leap, um, it's balancing that system. Uh, and if we can get to the point where friends on console versus friends on PC are having aside from maybe textures a majoritively similar experience you know 60 FPS as a minimum for all games yes yeah, that is a future a console future I can get behind if we're still and we'll seeing, never have that 60 FPS minimum if we're because... still seeing developers stick to 30 and claim that it's so they can push graphical bells. I'm, I'm just, sorry, anyone that defends 30 FPS I'm just, because they fancy graphics more, like, you are like, fundamentally wrong. Like, okay, I'm hearing, I'm hearing this right, but every time, every time I hear 60 FPS should be the default standard, and I agree with it. But every time I hear it, I just think when some games get updated for next gen, inevitably they're going to be fucking 30 FPS, and well, we're going to get stuck with this conversation game, all over again because a lot of games are hard. I mean, with Nintendo and not with Microsoft. <laughs> maybe yeah, I know Bungie is gonna fucking make Des- if they're gonna port Destiny 2 over to fucking if if Bungie ports Destiny 2 over to the new consoles which is inevitable it's gonna happen uh, it's gonna be 4k 30 fps be. because they couldn't fucking bother to make it 4k 60 on it's, Xbox it's One 60 X on PC. despite it's 60 on PC. despite it's the, the console I, th- I think it'll be 60 I think it'll be 60. honestly I, I would be stunned if a developer was like yeah it's 30 fps I'd just be like why 
What what reason have it? But, oh, we want to push the graphical prowess. No, fuck that. I want the game to feel like I'm not walking through freaking mud. I want I want to play a fucking version of Destiny on a console that doesn't take a million goddamn years to load the menu. Yeah. No. Well, there's there's specific God, missions and for the SSDs then in those new consoles. Yeah. It's just what 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 concerns me is SSDs are great, but you know, they are more expensive than a standard mechanical hard drive. And depends. You know, uh, are they going to, the, the question is still in the air. The question is still in the air of whether or not it's going to be an NVMe drive on the, well, I don't think it's going to be an NVMe drive or it's going to be an M.2 SATA drive. The likelihood well, is probably going to be an M.2 SATA drive because those are more inexpensive. Be interesting. This leads to an interesting thing. And it's, a, it's, I'm surprised that it wasn't, a bigger deal wasn't made about it because for me it was actually the biggest deal out of that Surface event which gives me hope for the new Xbox and I'm going to make a prediction here the new Xbox is going to have a removable hard drive like Sony's been doing for the last two consoles oh yeah because Microsoft announced that you can replace the NVMe drives right yeah the new Surfaces have removable hard drives Mm. which is unbelievable so if they can get that hardware with a removable hard drive, there is zero reason Panos won't have a removable hard drive in the new Xbox. It's exciting. I mean, they can come up with a reason. So don't don't yeah, we're out and we're not out of the woods yet, buddy. Too. It would be. It doesn't matter. Too. Do you know what? It doesn't matter. Companies can come up with with, with the with the most inane, stupid reasons for anything, and they'll still do it. I, I'm betting that's that just what it they believe. Won't have, but it will utilize USB C to enable you to get a portable SSD or equivalent to achieve roughly similar transfer speeds. Nah, let yeah, us, let us take out the. Hard I'm not drive. against letting. If us I want to spend it, money. I just don't think they will. If I want to spend money on a two terabyte SSD, let me. Yeah, I um. One thing that really bugs me, and I've been more and more considering purchasing the, the Elite 2 controller, um, but I remember we were talking about what's the controller for the next gen going to look like, and we all kind of theorized it's going to have a dedicated screenshot share button a la mm. PS4. But then I got annoyed because I was like, I don't want to drop 160-odd quid on a Elite 2 and not have a button. Hmm. Why isn't it there now? I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't really care about a share button because I don't take that many screenshots and gameplay videos to begin with. Uh, but that's but, because you don't have the button. Yeah, if you had the button. See, that's I mean, the I had the button. When I, when I had the chat pad, I had the button and I still didn't use it. So... Yeah, I, I use the, the chat, chat pad, pad button. That's I think, I think right now, but. this is what I think should be the minimum for next-gen controllers, okay? Uh, same layout because the Xbox layout is genuine genuine and has basically never needed to shift dramatically in the it's last like the almost 20 years mm. right uh at launch if you're gonna if you're serious about crossplay with pc bundle in the goddamn chat pad mm. with every console so at least console players have access to text chat in games won't happen so they can yeah. still fucking talk they'll just allow people to usb a keyboard Hey, if you've got a keyboard, I know you can use it, it won't happen, but I really, really think it's a dumb decision for it not to happen. Mm. Because people need an easy way to communicate, and they're obviously not going to fucking switch to part, switch to game chat because no one does that anymore. Yeah, it's sad, mm. but no one fucking Party does chat it. Killed Xbox Live's community shit talking. <laughs> 
in my opinion. I miss, yeah. you know, and, uh, part it could, of me is really it, looking forward okay. to going back to it PC. It didn't kill Halo. the shit talking. What it did was it killed the counterbalance because if since everyone was forced through game chat, you kind of had to learn how to deal with sh- with assholes in the lobby. You had to mm. learn. And it made conversation with other people better because they weren't just assholes. You actually did meet genuinely good people, you know? Yeah. But now that all the good people are like, we don't want to deal with the assholes. Well, then the only people left in part in game chat are the assholes. So, (laughs) I mean, what I want, what I do want to see is maybe like a button on the controller that allows you to do uh, push to talk. Push to talk would be great on the next uh, Xbox. Is it necessary? So you can though? still be in party chat. Still, you can yeah. still be in party chat. Oh yeah. But you can push to talk to be in game chat. So you can actually communicate with your fucking team in a competitive game because people still don't fucking put on their okay. goddamn mic and be in game well, chat in competitive here's games. Here's thing: if they do add a bunch of share buttons, because my thing has always been, I even did a rough sketch once where you can just add three buttons on the ridge along the bottom, like a screenshot, video, and a broadcast button. But remember, they've got the accessories app that lets you change what the buttons do. So maybe for those people that want the push-to-talk, they can change one of those buttons that they never use and use it as a push-to-talk button. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, another thing that I personally want is gyro. Because gyro's yeah, gyro on PS4 aiming. and Switch. I'm done with... I'm gyro done with aiming weird. helps so much. I don't know. I'm, I'm done with any... I really want Microsoft to just focus on grunt horsepower and games. Okay, but you can do gyro in a controller and grunt horsepower in games, and you can do them both very well. Well, well the fact that the Elite 2 is coming out and that they're selling the Elite 2 as this big hoo-ha without gyro suggests to me that gyro is not coming. Yeah, and do you want to know the best part about gyro (sighs) with the DualShock 4? Uh, Text input. When you click on R3 and then it goes into gyro mode and you start entering the text with gyro, that's the best part about it. That's pretty cool makes it well yeah because so no none of, there's very few games on ps4 that actually make use of the gyro on no, switch right. every shooter has gyro aiming and it's like amazing it is a game changer mm. it mm. puts you more in line with mouse like okay straight up okay. it puts you it makes you way more it, accurate so I'll, I'll remain open to the Neither possibility and the idea um speaking of uh when we were talking about quest we were talking about drop in and drop out arcade experiences uh, I believe Ed, you've you've done a wonderful top five for us again this week. What have you done this week? Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I was a little bit late. This <laughs> nice week. segue there, John. Um, but my my top five this week is uh, my top five arcade games of all time. Um, I think a lot of these would have been fairly obvious, but uh, I wanted to include games. Um, because obviously a lot of arcade games obviously end up getting ported to console. So True. this was arcade games that released first in the arcade. Um, and that's where I played them. And these are games but that you've actually th- played. Yeah, they're not like, oh... Yep, yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and of these, only one of them didn't get a home console port. And it's the first one. So my number five uh, arcade game of all time is The Lost World, Jurassic Park, the light gun shooter. Um, now, a lot of these are going to be pretty old. Like, I know Cairo, there's every chance, hasn't played almost... Cairo's, Cairo's like, what's these. a light gun? Um, <laughs> no, I know exactly what some of these terms are, okay? <laughs> just checking. Don't, well, I mean, light gun, me. light gun shooters... Part of the reason light gun shooters have 
all but died off is because they evolved into first-person shooters. Quite true. And, and as well, the Which technology are... to allow for a light gun doesn't exist anymore because you can't bounce that well, IR off of a LED screen. Well, no. The light gun tech exists still, but it works differently. Obviously, it works with like the Wii sensor bar. Yeah, that's so, what I mean. So, but it's it's inherently inferior to the old CRT method, where yeah, the light gun like would go. Even but, when you go but, to the arcades now, and you see light gun games, you can actually see the little Wii style sensor bars in the top of the LCD yeah. cabinet. Like yeah. they, that's the tech that's used now. Like I've got, I've got Time Crisis Three on PS3, and you get these two little sensors that sit in the top corners of your TV, and the gun obviously. Is looks for those and and aligns you based on where those are sitting. Mm. Um, so the tech is still there, but yeah, it's not it's not quite the same. If but, it makes you feel any better, um, in VR, light gun games are awesome. <laughs> okay, they are shooters in VR are fucking like intense. because okay. now, well, you know, zero aim assist means. <laughs> Oh my god, you better learn how to fucking shoot. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I've never played um, the light gun game for. Um, I loved light gun games as a kid. Jurassic World, or Jurassic Park, like the Lost World. The Jurassic Park, yeah, the Lost the World. It, Park, well, it never got a home games. console port. Yeah, it I've was one of the it. only ones to not get a home console port, which was a shame. What about was... like what about like House of the Dead and stuff like that? I remember that being big in like yeah, small yeah, they were huge. Near me. And Virtual Cop and like I adore uh, House of the Dead and Virtual Cop, but just I don't know if I mean I know you haven't, Cairo, but John, did you play? The Lost World at all, or it's, you didn't play it's it? It's not one I've, I've had a, a chance on to play, which which really bums yeah, me out because I've, I've, you know, from our conversation, I've heard it's genuinely great game. To oh, play. it's so it's so good. Like it's it's one of the best uses of a movie license I've seen in any game, let alone a light gun game. Um, because AM3, who were the developers, had access to the original script for The Lost World. So wow. there was stuff included in the game that wasn't actually in the final movie because it must have got cut at some stage through the movie's huh. uh, filming. Um, but the developers, like, you know, I, I read the book. It's actually the last book I read, <laughs> The Lost World. Um, and there was a dinosaur in that game called the Carnotosaurus or something like that. And now in Michael Crichton's world, this dinosaur... Uh, had the ability to uh, camouflage, so it had chameleon-like, chameleon like, yeah, okay. yeah ab- abilities. And it in the book, it effectively could turn invisible. So at night, for example, one of the coolest parts of the book was when they described the fact that the tyrannosaurs would not go near the Cantor area at night. They were too shit scared because these dinosaurs would go invisible. And it was always a shame that um, that dinosaur never made it into the movie because, as you can imagine, with the tech ILM were using to have CG dinosaurs, that would have been awesome in the movie. Yeah, that would have been cool. But Sega didn't know that the dinosaur had been cut from the movie and put it in the game. That's wicked. And so you have this boss fight with these car- this Carnotaur where it's there and you're shooting it and then it just goes completely invisible. And so your screen's looking around for this dinosaur and then out of nowhere it just becomes visible right in front of you and you got to start shooting it again. It was just, yeah, it was a really, really cool <laughs> uh, light gun boss fight. And just the game, 
yeah it was just there was a lot of variety in it compared to most light gun games it used the license really well the visuals were unreal just yeah it was really really good uh, I've been thinking more and more about building uh, you know using like a Raspberry Pi building like a, a yeah, light yeah. gun emulator box because it's absolutely my favourite lost genre so to speak yeah um, and for those that are interested in, in light gun technology as I mentioned earlier a lot of the mods that enable people to do this nowadays involve something like a sensor bar or X-Track I think it's called mm. and it's not quite right it feels a little bit like you're dragging a mouse cursor around the screen but there's a guy called that's what it is, um, I can't remember his name but his surname is Sindon and he's actually developed a technology and it's on Kickstarter and I think he, he, he got it successfully it. finally called the Sindon light gun um, and yep. it's a one for one solution to that problem that is actually legitimate. And it uses a Wii good. remote, doesn't it? It uses similar technology, it's... but it gets rid of that dragging a mouse cursor. Um, it looks phenomenal. Um, and There's a load of videos on YouTube, so certainly give it a Google Sindon light yeah, I've gun. Seen it. But yeah, so that, that's Well, a... I actually just got... It's funny, I was on eBay the other day uh, and I saw House of the Dead 2 and 3 return on Wii, which I didn't even know was a thing. So I just thought I'd throw a bid in and I won it for 99 cents. So I was playing House of the Dead 2 the other day. Actually, Winning it, it was pretty cool. <laughs> but again, you're seeing the cursor on the screen and you're dragging it around. Yeah. So it's not... It's not quite, it's not quite the same it experience it was on the Dreamcast, but it's still pretty cool. Nice. Uh, but speaking of Dreamcast, uh, game number four, Virtual Tennis. Yep. Uh, I don't know if, if you... I mean... I shouldn't even bother asking Cairo, but John, have you played Virtual Tennis? Uh, I've definitely played Virtual Tennis at some point in my life. I don't know if it would have been the arcade version, though. I'm trying to drag my mind back through the years. Yeah. It's possible. Virtual Tennis is still, for me anyway, the best tennis game full stop of all time. And the first Virtual Tennis. Not two, not three, not four. The OG. The first Virtual Tennis, yeah. It was, you know, I, I don't think Sega had access to a lot of stuff. Uh, within the ATP world, license-wise, they did what they could with the players they had. But the the systems, the actual tennis system it used was just unbelievable. And to me, it's still the perfect example of simplicity and depth at the same time. That whole easy-to-pick-up, yeah. difficult-to-master thing. Like, you, you with virtual tennis, you had the full suite of tennis shots available to you with just the stick and two buttons. Most tennis games now... And, and mind you, the arcade sticks weren't analog. Yeah. They're digital sticks. So you were using a digital eight-way stick and two buttons, and yet you had access to the full suite of tennis shots, like drop shots, cross-court, down-the-line topspin, backspin, like the whole lot, just unbelievable but easy to learn difficult we're to master now in ten- <laughs> yeah so we're now you most tennis games now like mario tennis let's say you've got dedicated backspin topspin lob uh you've got all dedicated buttons for those shots where with virtual tennis it required you to use real tennis strategy and you had to position your body the right way to get your backspin shot. You had to position your body the right way or your character's body to get the top spin and the cross court and all that sort of stuff. It was just, yeah, it was unbelievable. It was such a good game. Still the best tennis game. <laughs> still, still the best tennis game. Um, 
Number three, another Sega game, uh, Virtual Fighter 2. I think that's that's very um, much deserved on this list as a classic. Yeah, Virtual... virtual I mean, look, the whole fr- I adore the whole franchise, but Virtual Fighter 2, I think, uh, was the game where Virtual Fighter, I feel, became the standard bearer for 3D fighters. Mm. So it, it was the one that was 60 FPS. It was the one that was high res... Uh, they further they added more depth to the fighting system um, and just yeah I've always loved Virtua Fighter because to me it always felt like the closest thing we'd ever get to a fighting sim yeah it's not a fighting sim but like sorry go go no I was going to say like it's weird to me like when you think of fighting games in today's world you know it's it's Street Fighter it's Tekken it's Mm. maybe maybe Mortal Kombat and Dead or Alive and that's it. Like you don't hear Virtua Fighter brought up, except if people are talking in a nostalgic way, and it makes you wonder why mm. that they let that they let that series die when perhaps it really shouldn't have. Well, I think a part of with Virtua Fighter, I think its its biggest strength is also its biggest weakness. Like it goes for realism, which isn't what I think most people want these days. They want, they flash want that pomp. pomp. Yeah, they want the flash. They want all that stuff. Like. Where, but the thing is, it was the real for me. It was the realism that made me love Virtua Fighter. Like I liked the fact that it was almost a fighting sim. Like you know, just about every move in that game could theoretically be done by a professional fighter. Like the only part of it that's wholly unrealistic are some of the jumps. Like there are moments in that game where you can literally jump like twelve feet in the air. But outside of the crazy jumps, like everything in it is a completely it's almost realistic, realistic yeah. move. Re- so, and that's what I loved about there it. There was a game on... I'm trying to remember my youth here. There was a game on PlayStation that I always felt was... had sort of It, it wasn't like Virtua Fight, but it had these kind of realistic vibes. Bushido mm, Blade? On PlayStation. Anyone else? I know that's a game, but I don't know if that was realistic. I never played it. So I remember yeah, no it idea. being Bastard Hard... And yeah, and I don't know, I, maybe my memory is completely not what it once was, but I remember it reminding me a little bit of that kind of really almost super serious ethos of like, yeah, this is this is very realistic, you know, slice people mm. and they're, they're dead. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. kind of similar. But yeah, Virtua, I, it'd, be, it'd be nice to see Virtua Fighter return. You know, Sega to yeah, pick that franchise us, back up. There's a few of us in the uh, Discord that would like to see a Virtua Fighter 6. I mean, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I hope it does, but um, maybe that's something that Sony or Microsoft could like fund, which would be handy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I Killer Instinct, though, right? It's got to be at the top of the list. <laughs> yeah, oh. for Microsoft. But yeah, we've well, we've talked about this so. before. Bring back AI. Yeah, I hope so. Um, still on the fighting train, my number two arcade game of all time is Street Fighter 2. It's got to be um, on there, right? Yeah, like, it, that's that's the game that made me fall in love with the fighting game genre. Mm. Um, I just bought the Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection on Switch as well. Like, my 17th version of Street Fighter <laughs> 2 now. I've the most resold game like of all time. Oh, I have it. I have... I just have... Street Fighter is easily my most bought and rebought game and franchise. Like I have it on everything. Like I have every version of Street Fighter pretty much you can think of. I've got it multiple times on 
single platforms. I've got it. I just I love Street Fighter. It's 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 arguably the game that kickstarted the entire fighting game genre. Um, it's just so infinitely replayable. Yeah, World Warrior, the first game's still a little bit slow. Yeah, like you're, you're better off playing like Champion Edition or Turbo or Hyper Fighting or whatever it is because it's a bit quicker. But even even the original Street Fighter Two is still great to play to this day, and I still do. I, I love Switch. I love how how Cairo is like, <laughs> you know, like I. What's an arcade game? I, mean, I don't really have a lot What's to add an to, to this. I wasn't an arcade guy. <laughs> I we had like a, a fucking. Have you guys? You guys know what Boomers is in the U.S., right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I keep getting like, called have... a Boomer on Twitter and in another Discord. I mean, you you were no called a no boomer? like okay. There's an actual like arcade chain that competes <laughs> with uh, that competes with another one called Dave and Buster's. It's called yes, Boomers. Dave... Oh well, Dave and Buster's I've heard of. Dave and Buster's, did yeah, the no. Halo, um, out, uh, and like, the Halo I wasn't really into ar- the arcades. Like, if I wanted to play something, I went home because I didn't want to spend like a fuck ton of money on repeated games. attempts. The original microtransactions. Yeah, that's where it all stemmed <laughs> from, Jim Sterling. Get your facts straight. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and maybe that's why microtransactions don't bother me that much because yeah. of how much pumping, money I used to pump into in. those machines like uh, hundreds and hundreds of dollars probably I reckon into Street Fighter 2 maybe more over the years damn. just yeah so that sort of stuff never bothered me um, but my favourite arcade game of all time probably uh, everyone Daytona USA yeah. everyone has to have played Daytona even you Cairo Cairo? Yes. So what was it again? Daytona USA? <laughs> no. Oh, Jesus. I don't play terrible racing games. Oh, okay. We'd like to apologize oh, to all Daytona fans out there. Uh, we'd yeah. like to communicate you mean, that you mean Cairo sense? is being let go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daytona USA. Like, And mind you, it was on sale on um, Xbox Live. Oh, sorry, on Xbox 360. So, yeah, Xbox Live Arcade. $3 Australian the other day. So, it was probably only $2 US. Uh, backwards compatible on Xbox One. Um, it is comfortably the best arcade game of all time. Like comfortably, it, huh? It came out in 1993, and it's still played to this day in arcades, mind you. You can still find it in arcades. It's in movie theater lobbies. It's in pool parlors. It, it's yeah. It's it's, a, it's an out and out classic. It, yeah, it is timeless. Like I, I, you know, I wrote this in my top five article on the website, but I still remember to this day the first time seeing Daytona USA, and it was one. It was just, it was borderline life changing. Like because nothing to that point in the arcades, not only was 3D a rarity, like there was Virtua Racing, there was Virtua Fighter, the original, which were the flat polygons. Um just there had nothing like that had been seen before at that time was it um, was it the arcade machine like it was massive and it was like the back half yeah. of a of a car yeah 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 the the original cabinet the very first one well at least the one that we got in australia anyway and cuz they at the start they didn't have the linked eight like the eight player ones they came a little bit later um but the original cabinet that I saw was literally you were sitting in the Hornet car, like 
yeah. or at least three quarters of the car. And it was on hydraulics and it would lift you and tilt you depending on how you were making your turns. Wow. And it would shake you if you had a crash or got bumped. And you were sitting in front of this huge rear projection screen. It was just, oh, it was unbelievable. And back in 93, it was $4 Australian per game. Wow. In 93. So that would be, that would almost be like going to the arcades now and paying like 10 bucks a game. That's crazy. Like it was just. Is that yeah. like? Is that, what does that four what? bucks get you back then? Like a race? Oh well, I mean the race. If assuming you were good enough to get to the end of the race, um, it would have only been what three to five minutes, Amazing. if that. <laughs> and that's all that four bucks got. But you know what? It it was worth it. I think because everyone was so in awe of what they were looking at, no one gave gave a flying f about how much it cost yeah like everyone was just happy to pump the four dollars in to get a go of it it was ah it was so good i still play it today not as much as gus would want me to but i still play it today (laughs) it's just i think i've got it on my backwards compat list i'll have to give it another download because i definitely grabbed it at some point in the 360s life cycle when it was on sale yeah yeah and it does have very easy achievements it's very easy to get the 200 and you know something else I love about the 360 version. I've I've still got my 360 racing wheel yeah. with the force feedback. So Daytona USA on 360 and PS3 has a karaoke mode, and what it does is it you can put the car in auto drive, yeah, and just listen to the songs, <laughs> and you can hide the lyrics or show the lyrics. But it's great. I love it for my kids because I sit the steering wheel in front of them set it to karaoke mode so they think they're driving it properly and they just drive around Listening doing laps and they absolutely love it oh yeah, yeah. and they love it clever. because they think they're playing the game they think they're actually driving the it's car like the properly. classic awesome. you hand you you hand your kid a, a pad with no con- batteries in it and like yeah you play the second you yeah, play yeah, yeah and you're secretly like nah, playing for them classic that's yeah, a good top really good. five man that is a good top five yep. i like it I miss arcades. I think you know. I I, I yeah, live no. near Southend in 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 the UK, and we've got uh, on our seafront. It's renowned for its arcade scene, um, and they're still all there yep. nowadays. Um, we've got like an amusement park down there, and, and loads of arcade machines. And um, yeah, it, it, it's just, it was just simpler times back then. You know, it was really mm. was. Um, but we've got microtransactions now, so thanks arcades and. The, the other I think the other lost aspect of arcades is the multiplayer aspect so there was no obviously no shit talking back then because you were standing next to the guy you were playing against so you didn't want to get the shit kicked out of you if you were going to hang shit on him or yeah whatever the case may be <laughs> and you know you'd, you'd sit there and everyone would line up their coins yeah next uh, I'm Bagsy next go and yeah, it's like I'm an honour rule system like, and people yeah, people uh, stuck was... to it, man. They stuck to that. Oh yeah, you couldn't, yeah, yeah, you yeah. couldn't jump. The, on, the honesty was the honesty was real back then. It was good. Um, that was a good top five. I I I think you know we're an hour and a half now. There's a couple other things I wanted to mention before we close out. Um, sort of and maintenance that was, things. Hmm. Sort of maintenance things like Game Pass and games of yeah, gold. So, just... Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's exactly mm. right. So for those that are not in the know. Um, Game Pass uh, just had Jump Force, uh, Ukulele, yep. Panzer Dragoon Auto, definitely worth a playthrough on that one. Mm. Felix the Reaper, Dishonored 2, and World War Z, 
which I have to admit I dropped yeah. money on about four months ago at launch, played it once, haven't gone back to it. Sorry, KP, you know who you are. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's lots of great stuff coming out. And I think on Games with Gold, we've got um, Tembo, Tembo the Badass Elephant. Who the, was that developed mm. by? It was developed by someone that's... Uh, <clears throat> uh, the developers of Pokemon. Yes, Game, Game Freak. Freak. Thank you. I knew I, I knew mm. I knew who the developer was. I just couldn't think. Um, Friday mm. the Thirteenth, Bolt, which I, I have to admit I've got a real Disney's soft spot Bolt. for the movie, so I might download that mm. for my kids. And uh, Ninja yeah. Gaiden Three. And on the subject of Ninja Gaiden Three, I believe it is the Razor's Edge version, not the original yeah. release. So it's a little bit better than what we got when Ninja Gaiden Three mm. first came out. Ninja Gaiden Three really depressed me when it released because I was it's the only Ninja Gaiden I've not completed because as a huge Ninja Gaiden Black and, and uh, Ninja Gaiden 2 fan I was really hyped for 3 and then I, I think who's the crazy developer with the glasses what's his name Hidegaki yeah he wasn't in he wasn't he wasn't on the team for Ninja Gaiden 3 and I think I don't think so no. I think you know it's it's rare to say that one person could be responsible for all the genius, but it was felt his his lack of presence was felt in that game. It just wasn't good. Some of them, some of them claim sole responsibility, don't they? Yes, some of them do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want I don't want to be attacked. I don't want to be mobbed in the street by bringing <laughs> yeah. up anything. Um, but you know, uh, I guess you know we'll we'll close things out. the The last shout is to our sponsor. Uh, Hideo Kojima for uh, creating and hosting this podcast. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Hideo Kojima, the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. Uh, uh, by actually, Death Stranding. Since we were talking about Game Pass, for, for anyone who doesn't subscribe to a music streaming service, I think if you if you if you're a new Game Pass Ultimate subscriber, you get six months of Spotify. That is a good deal. Game Pass. That is a good deal. I wish mm, I could take advantage of it because I use Spotify all the time. Um, mm. But yeah, definitely worth it if you're into your, if you're into your tunes. I've got nothing but good things to say about Spotify from a consumer standpoint. Well, it's anyway. I mean it's smart because Spotify supports background music on Xbox, doesn't it? It does. It does. It doesn't mm. support Snap because Snap's gone now. Sorry, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, and with that, I think we'll uh, we'll draw episode seven, seven. Yeah. Close. Yep. Wow, we've been doing it for fourteen weeks because we're bi-weekly. Podcasts. The one about everything not Xbox. Yeah, this this was yeah, the, the VR episode, the VR arcade <laughs> episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what we'll title this one. I might we'll figure something out. But yes, uh, thank you for tuning in. As always, we appreciate uh, any feedback. Um, definitely give us uh, a like on youtube and a subscription would be lovely uh, we do not run advertisements at all um so please you know don't feel like you have to but it would be nice to see our audience grow uh, and follow us and like us on twitter and as always don't forget to check out xboxera.com where we are doing our very best to bring you lots of stuff and opinion pieces and reviews and previews and things like that and that will only continue to grow uh, thank yep. you for tuning in and we'll we'll see you on the other side. Thanks everyone. Catch you later. Bye. See you later. <laughs>